G'day guys, and welcome to another episode of What Are The Odds? Fresh off an exciting Collingwood Anzac Day win, Brian and I have been out at our sponsor's abode. That's right, the Yorkshire Hotel. It's been a great day out, and if you nothing to do this weekend, you should do the same. to the footy chat. Now, I was very somber, Baz. I looked at the numbers and I was like, we're having a stinker. And then you, in your coaching merit, found the talking point. You found the selling point point. you're like, no, boys, or boy, guys, us, the core is strong. Yeah. I, was, I was concerned we're down overall for the season so far on our total bets. And you're like, no, no, that's the periphery. Don't worry about the periphery. We're just not finishing. We're doing a bit of Collingwood stuff here. We're getting the ball inside 50, we're not converting every single time. But what we are doing is we are converting our best and our roughies pretty much every week, or enough to be in front. Yeah, well, I keep saying every week, yes, we're going to give you 10 bets throughout the weekend. We'll give you our best, our value, our roughie, and our multi. Our multi's the only thing that hasn't got up yet. Correct. If you go through our roughies and values and our best bets, which you know, I'm pretty sure you're going to put some charts up yep. with this one, with this pod, you'll see that you know we're doing all right. But yeah. You're not going to win money backing 10, 11 things a weekend. We're just giving you a bit of play, a bit of play betting for if you want to watch the game, maybe have a crack at this and you might might win. The first two rounds is all right. The last three have been a bit, or well, especially the last two have been pretty ordinary. But again, follow our best value and roughy and our multi will go up eventually and then that's when it really starts to make it rain. Absolutely. And so, yeah, overall for the season... We are, yeah, sitting pretty in those two main categories. So our best bets are up 18% for the year. We've had given you seven best bets. We've hit them four times. That's over 50%. That's what you want. It's better than bank interest, as all good punters say. And for our roughies, we've had 10 cracks. We've got up four times and about the same 13% return on investment. So don't despair. Keep listening. And it's been a crazy, crazy year in terms of football results. So to get ahead on anything is actually pretty good. I know we're saying a bit like a coach who's had a, has a losing record. You know, that's fair enough. This is our post-match press conference for all intents and purposes. But stick fat. The good times are coming. And I've got a good feeling about this week because I think we're going to go back to basics, rein in a little bit, not try and get too cute, and make sure that we only take the simple kicks, take the easy marks, and just play simple footy, yeah, simple when, it comes footy. To, simple footy when it comes to our punts. Before we get to that, though... Last week, people very much enjoyed our real footy chat. We broke down Melbourne. We told you why they were pretty crap in six different ways. Today, we're going to do a little bit of a sliding doors action, made famous by the purple-haired warrior, Mr. Damon yep. Barrett. Yep. Who would you rather be, Port Adelaide or Sydney? I'd rather be Sydney. Yep. I mean, you look at their young young players coming through, and you look at their, their bulk, like their, their solid core, their spine, I suppose you'd say. You know, I know Grundy's probably get on the other side of it but Rampy your Franklin I think plus their midfielders like they've got a pretty experienced midfield group so at the moment over the next year or two I'd definitely rather be, be Sydney and you look at Port you know they've topped up pretty heavily with uh, your Watts Rockcliffe Motlop etc there's not a lot of young players apart from probably Bonner um, Burn Jones you know you, you really Dan Houston obviously and obviously Marshall's been playing was out injured you're really struggling to find 
young players coming through in that team that, that hold them in good stead. So even you look at Lindsay Thomas, he came in on a weekend. Surely they've got a 19, 20-year-old who can play that role. So for me, I think that Sydney have definitely got the better list and the better players coming through, like your Cunninghams, your Lloyds, your Haywoods, your Zach Jones, um, Florent, you know, Hewitt, even Harry Marsh. Like, And Nick Newman was admitted, he's pretty decent as well. So for, you know, obviously you got Callum Mills and um, Heaney as well carrying that group. For me, I just think that Sydney are a better position than what Port are. So do we overreact or has we, as the general football media overreacted to Sydney's loss on the weekend to Adelaide? I think they have. You look at last year, they've already, well, they won, they've won three games. So yeah. they're already three games ahead of where this point last year. And last year they pretty much, they nearly made the top four. So, or did make the top four. So, uh, yeah, for me, I think Sydney is sitting well. They know that it, the season isn't one here. They're pretty experienced. They've been there, done that before. I think for them, the most important thing now, and it was more obvious again on, on the weekend, especially probably the last two weeks, because teams have gone to work on their how they're going to play, is they just need to get read back. Mm-hmm. Or they need to find a, a, a second foil for Buddy because the first half last week they played Buddy deep and obviously he was carrying an injury. And they just got they just got exposed. They put numbers on the ball. They do. They ran it out, and they they're really good. They're up and about. They really wanted to win this game. You could tell that. You know, they copped it the week before. It was almost like they were playing Richmond again in round two. They were really up and about for it. They really prepared themselves for it. And it wasn't until the second half when Buddy actually moved up a bit higher on the ground, and especially that third quarter, he moved up a bit higher. They just kept going inside fifty and kept creating the opportunities. They just couldn't take it. They couldn't put the scoreboard pressure on. And in that last quarter, they again, they started with Buddy deeper. Obviously, we found out he was carrying injury. But once he moved up the ground again, and then Rowan started deep, which is what I asked them to do last week, they kicked a few goals, and they all of a sudden got back in the game a bit. I mean, it was too late. But for me, I just think they need to find... They start playing Rowan out of the goal square and push Buddy up. Obviously, they won't have Buddy this week. It's They've got to find that, that sort of balance because teams are now... Like Doggies did it week four as well. Yeah. They're setting up for it. They're going, right, you're going to have numbers one on the ball and slingshot. We're going to do the same thing, and then we're going to pick you apart moving forward, or we're going to play explosive and go the other way. And it just means that they can't give Buddy... Buddy's not getting any space or time. Yeah, so. absolutely. And that's reflecting the stats a bit as well, because essentially for a team that everyone's worried about, to use inverted commas, Sydney are in the top eight for all their KPIs, so points per inside 50, goal accuracy... Their use of the football for a really heavily contested team is actually quite good. They're ranked 11th for that. And they're basically eighth overall for attacking, which for the attacking rating, which is amazing for a team that's built that's built on defence yeah. and inside ball. Yeah. The only thing they really struggle at is that goal assist. Like it's pretty much buddy or nothing in terms of scoring their goals. As you said, unless they throw rolling forward. So I think this week's a blessing in disguise. Nobody, what do you do? It forces the horse to mix it up, and therefore we kind of say this could be the future here. And then you add buddy into that mix, playing as that. 30 to 70 metre forward yeah he plays almost a winger yeah and then and then, yeah he'll still kick his three because he can kick it from pretty much the square like it doesn't matter don't play him from the don't play him from the goal square play him from the centre square and, and people are hammering you know Parker and Hanbury and Kennedy about their possessions and how they've started the season poorly a lot of them had interrupted pre-season so they've started the pre-season really late so they're still building up their fitness still mm. getting in so to be pretty hard on them this early is Again, we saw it last year. They started late as well, and they built, especially Hanabry, built into the season. 
But yeah, I'd rather be in Sydney for sure. The only worry I have for Sydney is Cam Sinclair. He's okay around the grounds, but as a ruckman, he's not really. He's not really a number one ruckman. He's probably he's he's a average, just below average ruckman, which is nothing against him. He's still, like I said, he's still dangerous going forward and stuff. But when he comes up against Jacobs, for instance, on, in that first quarter, it, they're talking about you know Adelaide's effort. They need to talk about. Sam Jacobs and how he's dominating them. They, they were dominating the contested position, dominating clearances for the pure fact Jacobs just schooled mm. Sinclair like Grundy schooled Jacobs the week before. So. And it reflects a bit of the draft patterns as well because prior to the last probably decade, the general consensus in the draft has been let's just get mids. Like most of the good players coming out, most of the good pop the packet players to play straight after getting draft will be mids. Yeah. So if we have high draft picks, let's just get them. Let's get all the mids we can. Now every team has a great midfield. There's no real team in the AFL now that has a poor midfield. Yeah. Or like or a horrendous one. So really now it's on your rucks to give you that advantage because they know that if the rucks aren't good, that's the one percent advantage goes to my midfield. My midfield now will dominate. Yeah, it's a follow up work they do, and also the tap work. And there's no third man up now and all that yeah. stuff. So. And there's nothing like getting a contest. If you take a contested mark on a, in a long ball down the wing or whatever, it opens up because you quick play. You can move the ball. It shifts the defence. If and ruckmen are important for that as well. So and obviously key forwards. For me, Port they just lack a bit of speed. They got a lot of inside players. Their four line is not functioning at all. Really, I don't think Charlie Dixon started pretty poorly. Yeah, Westhoff's got to find a spot and play it. Their back line's actually holding up all right. But they just didn't have the the last few games I've seen from probably Brisbane. Their work rate's just down and hasn't been. So did we did we overhype in general their recruits? Because these are recruits that have been lambasted by their clubs. So Watts was always a whipping boy at Melbourne for being you know laconic, a bit too relaxed, a bit too laid back. The same with Motlop. He's he's a guy that, you know put in sometimes had some great games and had some average ones. Did they pay overs for the guys that they got? for the fact that they looked at all their upside and none of their negatives. I think you look at Port Adelaide and you look at a lot of their players, your Robbie Grays, your Wingards, Motlops, Dixons, Bokes, Watts, and the blokes that will turn it on for two or three weeks and then go missing for two or three. So, like, they're a dangerous side. They'll beat anyone on the day and they show that against Sydney. You know, they, they did pretty well to come back and, you know, take it up to Geelong. Especially in that third quarter, I think they, they were pretty much on top, but Geelong absorbed it. But yeah, I just again, I think Paddy Ryder coming back in will it change them? Because obviously they'll get the ball at the source a bit more. But then it's the outside that, that they're really, for me, they're really struggling with. And I said bringing in a Lindsay Thomas doesn't answer their doesn't answer anything. Surely they've got some kids somewhere. Like Motlock went missing this week. They really missed like a, a Stephen Hill or a Brad Hill or a. Um, even a Murray or a, a Isaac Smith or something like that who can break the line and kick long with the footy. Seems a bit strange too because they finished end of last year in that 6-12 to 12 bracket. Yeah. They picked up these blokes they thought were going to be like the game breakers and they still find themselves, I know it's only five weeks in, but they find themselves again in that 6-12 to 12 bracket. You feel yeah, like, yeah. That's where you feel like they're going to finish up. Like, yeah. Again, they don't, they don't turn up every week. You don't know what to expect from them now. And yeah, all those kind of highly hyped recruits feel a little bit flat now it's like oh why like why did we spend that why didn't we just pick up another another young bloke or probably, why don't we blood another young bloke in instead of that spot or whatever they'll probably come through in the next couple of weeks and battle a few teams and everyone will be back on them they're a bit probably 
a bit higher up than Essendon at the moment. Mm. Probably, we, we didn't believe the overhype of Essendon, which has now been proven. proven. Yeah. We probably... Bought too much into Port, into Port Adelaide. Adelaide. Yeah, when we probably should have sat back and gone, hang on, they've done exactly the same as what Essendon's done. Let's wait till they prove something. Because, yeah, I reckon if you've watched downfield tape, and I've seen a bit of the Geelong stuff from that game... Geelong were working both ways, like Harlem and what Port were, and that was the difference. Mm. So Port need to do that, and I don't know whether they have the players to do it. A bit like Essendon, you know, Goddard for all, for all the crap that Goddard was given to or will be given this week for his young and his teammates. All he's <laughs> demanding is that his teammates have a crack both ways. Yeah, pick up a man and go to the most dangerous. Yeah, it's funny because I'll be saying I say that to my under nineteens week in week out, and it's exactly what Goddard was saying tonight. You know, you go the most dangerous on transition mm. to try and slow the transition down or intercept, mm. not just stop and walk, which yeah. is what a few of their forwards did. So that's Essendon, of course, and Port Adelaide a bit the same way. So for me, I would definitely buy Sydney and stick with Sydney because I still think they're a top four team. They'll come good at the right part of the season, just like they did last year. Port still got a bit of uh, bit to be sold on, and I think Port don't have a you know, we're talking about Plan B sort of teams last yeah. week. Poor only know one way is Sydney clearly showed in that game against Adelaide they could adapt to two or three different scenarios. And to round off, that's why I find the criticism about Sydney to be very much overdone. Because people are saying they only got one way and that's inside, like to win the inside ball. But they obviously didn't watch that game then. Because they, it wasn't like they were blowing out of that game. No, they weren't. you got Zach Jones and, and McVeigh and Mills and those sorts of folks. Lloyd as well. And even, like you watch... Um, Florent, he got it a couple of times, runs away, run, like runs with it. Marsh definitely runs with it. And um, the other one, Haywood. Haywood's pretty sharp as well. So when they get the footy, they'll try and break a line. And they give the handball to a bloke moving at full speed. So they mark a bloke like Zach Jones will be bursting through. I'll give it to him. And he takes an extra 10 metres, gets through one or two, so that breaks that next line. So they, they've definitely got speed. And it's just they weren't getting enough inside ball. And in the end, like I think they... Got came back in their contested positions. They still lost it by five, but they were they were getting smashed by like thirty or forty at one point. Yeah. and it's because Parker and Hanbury and those boys were down. Hmm. They had a, they all four had a poor game. Yeah, and they still had sixty four inside fifties of forty eight. They didn't win the stoppages. They didn't win. They lost the clearances by four. They ended up having more disposals. They had more tackles. They lost hitouts. So you can, if you looked at the stats and didn't look at the score, you'd say, oh, probably Sydney won. But that first quarter and a half where Adelaide were on top, they got that lead, they rocked up ready to play, was the difference in the game. And Sydney probably didn't absorb it and didn't change their style until it was too late almost. So that's round five wrapped up. Long story short there, back Sydney in. They're going to be a good team, but definitely stay away from Port as I think, spoiler alert, we'll be doing this week for sure. Alright, round six kicks off on Friday because the best thing about having games on Wednesday night means it's only one more night until there's more footy on. How good is that? Except, footy, footy, footy. Except until you see the game. Yeah, but it's still footy. Prob- it could be It could be an absolute I'm not going to lie, I'm probably going to go watch the Avengers. <laughs> you are the worst human. <laughs> Western Bulldogs are playing Carlton at Eddie Ahad Stadium on Friday night. Western Bulldogs are $1.44. Carlton, $2.80. The line is 15 and a half. 
What do you make of it, Baz? I think I'm leaning towards the Bulldogs on this one. I'm leaning towards Carlton. Oh, how? What has Carlton shown that they're going to get to the Bulldogs? What have Doggies shown? They've shown at least one game or two. Yeah, well, uh, Carlton were pretty impressive last week. They actually won the inside ball. They lifted a bit. They changed their game style a bit. They weren't as... Um, they also put a lot more effort, but they weren't as ballistic going forward. They, they actually were more, a bit more one-on-one, a bit more balanced defensively as well. Yeah. So they, they held up pretty well. I mean, I know West Coast probably should have still beaten them by five or six goals if they had a kick straight. But for me, the Doggies, something still stinks about the Doggies. It really does. Because even you watch their first two rounds and they came back for two weeks and you watch them last week against Freire and they were insipid. Like, I had Freire won the 39 and I'm sitting there going, how the hell are Freire beating them by 50 points when if you look at the last two weeks... Mm. Where's the manic pressure? Where's that thing? I feel like we mentioned it before and it's hard to tell because we're obviously not doggies insiders, but they do feel like a very emotional base and you warn people in about round two and round three that maybe beverage burnt his like you know his emotional card too early in the season yeah. like really get the boys up you know the, the press is against us we need to make a big win and then the double sing of the song all those things are very you know tangential outside not very core football things but I think for this group the way they won that premiership in the first place I think it very much plays into the psyche of the club they're very much a, a, like an emotional wave type team and they're also very, very young. I was about to say, they're a young and experienced yeah. team, but people forget that. Like they've, yeah. had, they've had a bit of a list change in probably the last two seasons. Mm. They, some of them they probably would have wanted to leave and get out. Some of them they probably haven't expected to leave. So I think, for me, I just it's, no, it's a no-bet game. Absolutely no-bet game. Head-to-head or, or margin spreads anyway. Yeah. I wouldn't be touching the game, but I'll be tipping... I've already tipped Carlton, actually. Um, it's a very brave. It's but very for brave me, I, I thought... The unders in the 172.5, neither team have been high scoring all year. It's going to be pretty scrappy, sort of not really great footy to watch. Yeah. And it, Eddie had, I don't know what it is this year, but Eddie had. There Everyone is, just misses the post. And it, it's, no one, they got it, no idea where the goals are. There's been some terrible football mm. at Eddie had this year. GWS Saints, GWS, um, Brisbane St Kilda, North Melbourne St Kilda. There's been more games and it's been horrible to watch. But I reckon under 172.5 is pretty good for me, a dollar 90-ish. Yeah. So no, that's not a right play if, you, if you're really desperate for something on a Friday. Otherwise, yeah, just put your tip in, yeah. probably a coin toss. and uh, Cripps was really good last week. Yeah, but really. it's, it's one play. But one, it's impressive. I, yeah. and, and for a future captain, and for a bloke that kind of cops some crap now, because I think he, he plays in the wrong team. Like, if he played in a Hawthorne or another burgeoning club, if he played for yeah. North Melbourne, he'd get massive raps. Because he plays for this team, he's going to get belted probably 17 out of 22 weeks. Yep. I'm just a massive fan of Petrescu Seaton as well. Yeah. I think he's been really good. And Harry McKay showed a bit, so finally got him in and played him. I don't think they get any experience back, but I just think that, yeah, and Bontepelli's been down. The Carlton Ruckman Phillips versus a very young, experienced Ruckman in English or whoever else he gets thrown up against. And he's trying to prove himself and show that he's capable of playing AFL football. You know, it's his second club. I think he's actually, he actually played a right considering he's against Nick Nat last week. So I think Carlton, for me, got a bit more going for it at the moment. And, yeah, I'll be tipping Carlton. Yep, no, that's fair enough. But definitely, uh, yeah, over-unders bet there on the unders and, and probably a no-watch 
Running on to Saturday, Super Saturday action. We start off Geelong Cats, $1.42 favourites. Playing to the Swans, $2.86 outsiders. The line here, 16.5 points. The over-under, a very, very low 165.5. Probably playing into the trend that the Swans and Geelong usually play fairly tight inside yeah, footy, tight down, footy at, yeah. down at Geelong. Although Geelong are playing a bit more uh, attacking football this year, yeah. which is opening up defensively. But they, you know, they kept Port to about 50 or 60 points last week. I would stay clear of this game as well. Absolutely agree with that too. I just too, like City are too good to write off for me. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to tip Geelong just because fewer factors in Geelong. And City don't have Buddy or Hannery and their midfield might be a bit weakened. And depend, it'll be interesting to see who kicks the goals. But if you don't have a bit of a play, I might chuck a fiver on Gary Rowan or Menzel to kick most goals, I reckon. Okay, I'd be going more towards Menzel then, but again, this is, it's surprising because early early rounds, I think we were all thinking that oh, it's all Menzel, it's all like one or two blokes in Geelong, and last year it was all Hawkins or nothing. But, but Renegal, Renne yeah, exactly, he's yeah. been good, the big sad. Exactly. So at the moment, Geelong are the best attacking team in the comp. Yeah, they're very good at going like, forward, and they make the most of their. Yeah. yeah, well, not so much going forward. Once they get yeah, forward, conversion. as soon as they're inside fifty, everything gets converted. They have a plethora of people that just chip in with a one or two goals a game. They're very clean with the ball, and they and they make very very few clangers. So that's it. At home, like I'd be leaning towards them winning. Again, I'm just very concerned that you know Sydney have, have been been smashed in the papers. They got beaten narrowly in the end by Adelaide. It could be a massive bounce back game for them. So obviously, don't waste money on anything there. But I yeah, the safe tip. For your tipping comp is Geelong. Yeah. Joel Selwood should have been rubbed out for a week, reckon? Not at all. He was just standing up for his brother, mate. Oh, Did you see the the Scots in the media this week? Yeah. It's just, yeah. I, that was amazing. It was it was just so ridiculous as well, because Chris Scott, especially as Geelong coach, is really like PR trained. Yeah. So he'll never say anything outrageous. But to come out on the AFL 360 and be like, if that was me, I would have just smashed him. Like, he didn't say those words. But that was his intent. He was yeah. like, if that if if they did that to Brad, like he that guy was dead. Like, yeah. and I was like, well, actually, yeah, I remember. I remember, yeah, if, I remember watching you as yeah. a kid, as a as a three year old, yeah, and being like, Brisbane boys. oh wow. <laughs> yeah, Lynchy didn't mind throwing a few either. Yeah, um, Blickow's been really good down back for them, and one bloke I've uh, been liking in the last couple of weeks is young James Parsons. Oh, very nice. Yeah, he's, he's throwing his little um, little rakey frame about and yeah. kicking a few goals. So. Yeah, look forward to him, and yeah, obviously we talked enough about Sydney, but no bet for me, and just uh, I'll be checking in on the scores as I'm coaching footy. Yeah, you won't be doing that, let's be fair, you'll be too busy stressing on the sidelines. So an interesting game now, we're talking about them. That's right, North fans, congratulations. Sound the trumpets, you are now going to get talked about on the pod because you are apparently good enough. Top I'm about eight, to say top, something... Top eight. I'm about to say something ridiculous, but they're currently in the top eight. They could be a top eight side. Playing the way they are. Yeah, they're pretty exciting, aren't they? They're a bit exciting. They're very, very good defensively. They got like they're built on a solid foundation. It's a it's a bit Richmondy. Get the get the ba- get the base done right, get the defence done right, and then add the add the attack when you can. Well that's what I was about to say, and I've been saying the last few weeks, the effort It's amazing pressure, it's all there. It's so, all there. And the you know, they've got a few players that are just starting to come. Come good. Yep. So they're playing at Etihad under the dome. North are two dollars seventy-five outsiders. Port Adelaide dollar forty-six favourites. The line is fourteen and a half. The over/unders one hundred and eighty point five. 
Are you with me on taking the ruse as a value bet this week? Look, from what I saw of Port last week, yeah, but this is a sort of team that likes to beat up. I know North North been very good. I think I think North have elevated themselves out of the beat up teams. This would be a team that Port would usually beat up on. Yeah. I feel like North has elevated themselves into the middle into the middle mush. It's just good that all the leaders at North are staying up. So Zeebel, Cunnington, Thompson, Goldstein's been okay. Uh, Dumont's been good. Um, and obviously Big Ben Brown is just kicking goals. Plus of the clown could be on the way to a Coleman. Kicking goals for fun. But yeah, it just worries me a little bit. I'm obviously it's a value, so I'm happy to tell. I'm happy to go with you here, but just for the pure fact that you know, I, I, I got no, I got no leagues to stand on after my last week. <laughs> um, Mick Millen's doing a good Atley came good, and Jacobs is doing a great tag and also it'll be interesting to see where he goes because he's pretty much wiped out five blokes this year. Like he did a great job last week. Yeah, on Mitchell, the the four line for me is probably where they win it because Zebel's finally playing forward. Brown and Wait are pretty dangerous. I don't think I think Port have anyone to play on all three of those. No. And they, I mean, they got young kids down there as well, younger kids, I should say. Um, but then North, if if Port's forward line gets going, then North don't have anyone to match that. I, I suppose the best thing is they match up pretty well in the, in the midfield because they're all pretty inside sort of mids, both teams. Um, but I'm happy to go with you, the value man. I'll, I'll stick with you, and hopefully he gets it over the line. But I'm probably going to tip Port just to be safe. Wow. I just feel like if, if North bring that pressure that they brought to Hawthorne, that they brought essentially the first five weeks of the year, I don't see Port being able to handle it because they haven't handled it at all so far. Yeah. Well, they're one of the... Port are, one of the, are probably the better... I think they're top... Some of the top five for clearances at stoppages and all that stuff. So they do all that well. They go inside 50 well. They don't convert when they get inside 50... And then, yeah, and like I said, the last few weeks, the effort hasn't been there. But just north, they're still a young side. They're still a lot of... They're still undermanned. Yeah. They had a massive win against Hawthorne. It's whether they can back that up. I feel like the general vibe here is, I think, Port's on the down, north's on the up. And at $2.75, maybe it's... Yeah, it's not a safe tip. It's not an absolute sure thing. It's definitely not my best bet. But two seventy five. It's very hard to get those odds in. So as a value, it's there. And if it comes off, I'll be head wobbling. The next game, there's some stinkers this week. There's some real blowout potential games this week. Giants are a dollar eleven favourites. That's getting into Winks and Black Caviar territory. They're, the line is thirty eight and a half. Brisbane Lions are six dollars seventy outsiders. They're playing at Spotless Stadium. So that would usually suggest massive scoring, one team blowing out the other. No, they're saying it's spotless. The over-under is 158.5. I think it's an obvious play with this one. But why is why is that the total points? Why is it only set at 160 points? Well, to be fair, last week, <laughs> Brisbane only scored 17 points. But GWS is not a side that really shuts teams down. No, they're not. They, score, they outscore and they go, let's just play showtime footy and let's no one defend. Like, when they get real arrogant and real, like... Front running, that's what they do. Yeah, like it's it's you know it's a it would be a one eighty versus seventy game, not a yeah. one hundred versus twelve. Well, I suppose I think the thing that was probably round one, but even that I think there was one seventy odd points in that as well yeah. at, at the same stadium. Yeah, look, for me, I'm going over the one fifty eight. The weather's gonna be fine. I'll check that. I won't touch the line because it's around the forty point mark. And as much as I I think that 
they could probably come out and blow them away by 50 or 60. You just don't know. You don't know because Brisbane, you know, we spoke about it the first three weeks are really good. The last two weeks have been, they were better on Saturday night, don't get me wrong, but Gold Coast pretty much had the game sealed most of the night until probably the last quarter. But yeah, Greater Western Sydney, they'll want to bounce back after last week. Well, they probably rocked up and played about 70% and kicked themselves out of a win. Pretty lucky to probably just get away with a draw in the end. I mean, they kicked nine goals, 18. And I put the score map up on Twitter because uh-huh. I was pissed off because we had, obviously, the, the spread. And yeah, I don't think they miss... I don't think they kicked nine goals, 18 again. And if they get anywhere near 15 goals, you know, 12, it's going to be pretty comfortable cover on yeah. that 158 and a half so yeah absolutely that, that's where I'd be heading and yeah tip GWS and see what Brisbane have to offer and I think for Brisbane as well there's a, there's a danger when teams lose the game they should win so like, I think obviously they would have bracketed games throughout the year and they go this Gold Coast game is a game that we could like we should take four points away like you obviously can't take four points away from every game you want to take four points away from but to miss out, it's really deflating. So then it's like, or oh, next week, now we have to go, we lost to this team we should have beaten on on lists and on form and whatever. And then we have to go play this team as potentially a top two team. So like, it's just so hard to do that. And we have to do that away as well. Well, teams shouldn't be taking games easy because you saw last year, mm. Melbourne, you know, in the eight most of the year, miss out on Besiege. They should have beaten Collingwood. Yeah. They didn't, mental scars. But then they miss out on Besiege because they probably didn't beat a poorer team like a Carlton or something by plenty so Jerry West could rue missing a top four spot because of that game yeah like that's the sort of stuff that would be pissing off Liam Cameron as it would me so yeah I, again I'll just be going the overs and I think that's a pretty good bet it's probably up there with probably one of the best if not the best this week yep I'll be yeah Tim and Jerry West and again I probably wouldn't be watching it no. there's not a lot of watchable games this weekend uh, to the middle part of the sandwich that is sloppy Saturday when it comes to footy is Hawthorne versus St Kilda at Launceston. Hawthorne are thirty favourites. St Kilda three fifty six outsiders. The line is twenty one and a half, and the over under one hundred and seventy seven and a half. I think Hawthorne should be rolling. I know they got done by North, but St Kilda. What have St Kilda offered? Like they drew with GWS, but they didn't. It's those games. It's interesting because people came out this week and saying, like, we shouldn't have draws, we should have extra time, blah, blah, blah. It was an interesting callback on SEN, and I don't say that very often because callback radio gives me the shits. But a bloke said, really, when there's a draw, it's still a result in the sense that one team really lost yeah. and one team got away with it and really won. Yeah. St. Kilda got away with one. Though. Oh, they did. They, they, got away they with actually it. got away with one. They oh, should have lost that game by probably 20 points or more. Yeah, 20 to 30 points minimum, I think. And I think the line was 24, so... Yeah, annoyed me a bit, especially when I think the first four scoring shots in the last quarter were very, very kickable by Jerry Ersten. You bank them to kick it in. Hawthorne's work rate and forward pressure, so without Popolo and Rioli, you know, we said last week they just bring in two new blokes. And yeah, it, the, the, the soldier up mentality of Clarkson. Well, it didn't happen. They didn't dropped, happen. It dropped off over like nearly 80%, or 70%, something like it went from like 60 pressure acts to like. Seriously, 20. Mm. And, yeah, that's why North Melbourne are able to do whatever they want with it. They don't want to... They, I'm nearly 100% sure Clarkson wouldn't let that happen again this week. And for me, Secure have been improving. They got close. I don't know whether that plays... Is that going to be good for them mentally? Or, you know, how does that work? 
So if, if you've been, you know, getting thumped week in, week out, like St Kilda have, and you get it, and you have a draw and you have an opportunity for Carl take a mark, finally get that first win and just relieve all that pressure, I reckon it builds more pressure and you're a bit more yeah. nervous. And you, we know all know Hawthorne's... Uh, they don't drop two in a row very often. And especially when they're going to... And not going to Tassie. They're, Tassie's basically a fortress. They never, they very rarely lose two in a row. And Clarko would be absolutely spewing. And as much as they lost... Well, they definitely lost that game against North, obviously. But as much as that was a poor game for them, their second half was actually very good. So he's one of the few coaches I reckon actually get that get that talking points of let's finish how we want to start next week, the old Lee Matthews type mantra. So I, I expect them to absolutely romp St Kilda. Everything, everything's against St Kilda in this one for me. So the only other thing, you remember last year these two played and St Kilda absolutely spanked Hawthorne by 80 points. Mm. But does that not worry you at all? No, because they have no Joey and they have no Rui. <laughs> they're big losses. They're massive losses for St Kilda. I think. They're two Hall of Famers for their club. Yeah, and like, I... People don't understand like, how big those losses were. It's, it's a couple. They were still their best players. It's six, like it's what six hundred odd games. It's it's basically the same number of goals. It's the same number of Brownlow votes. Like they were, they the are leadership two, and stuff like that as well. They are, yeah, but like they, they are two of the, but like they're two of the all time great Saints. Like and to lose them both in the same year, it's the same thing that happened when you know they had that massive Callow North. Like yep. yeah, that yeah, yeah, they're on the. End, end age of the age bracket for what you want from an elite AFL footballer but you can't expect a bloke who's 18, 19, 20 to just step up and be like yep um, I'll, I'll fill your boots here I've got, I'll take on the experience of a throwing a game like, yeah, it's ridiculous so yeah now, Hawthorne for mine um, any plays in that do we take the cover at 21 and a half or we just leave sloppy Saturday alone the only thing I'd touch here would be the under 177 in Tassie we saw against Carlton North it's pretty hard to Score heavily, both or both teams. St Kilda struggled to score a year, really. Yeah. And Hawthorne, even if they do score, we saw it against uh, Melbourne. It was under, and I'm pretty sure it was under again last week with North. So, yeah, for me, I look at that and I just see what the markets are for Mitchell to get 35 or more because he's been held quiet-ish. He's, he's held quiet, yeah, the last couple mm. two weeks. So he's due for a four. He's due, and I don't know if anyone at St Kilda can can really go with him. Geary? Yeah, I know he's paying a dollar seven to get thirty, but you want to see what he's going to be around the, you know, thirty five forty mark. If he's up with a two two fifty. I'd be having a look, but otherwise, for me, I just looking at the under one seventy seven point five and probably wait till teams are out and if you know see who's in and out and maybe look at the line. But yeah, I'd just be playing total match points under. Now we've got, like I said last week, got a bit more of a five rounds in, got a good bit of. Base look out, plus grounds and stuff like that. And to round out a pretty sad Saturday of football, Adelaide are playing Gold Coast at the Adelaide Oval. The head wobbles are up. The Tex will probably grow back his mouth and his mouth in a week. That's how big the head wobble will be. They're ten favourites against the Suns, who are $7. The line here is 47.5, which is a ridiculous line, but it's probably spot on. And the over-under here, 181.5. So Taylor Walker... Has 13... This week, this week, in how much Brian hates Tex Walker. No, I don't hate him. I think his big file reports, good bloke and stuff. But I just think the media just overrate him. And again, you he kicked four goals and had thirteen touches. Two of those goals were from umpires giving him an absolute 
Joe the Gooses, pretty yeah. much, with a 50-meter penalty, and there's another real soft free kick. And I just don't think they keep, they should keep wrapping him up. And, you know, he came out and he played an awesome game. Like, you know, Wayne Carey and that were just... They were literally... See, this is what I don't understand. Why does Wayne Carey love Tex? Because... He's a former Adelaide player, and he's probably... Adelaide boys are probably getting stuck in him and telling him to talk him up. But, like, Wayne Carey is the greatest key forward of all time. Yeah. Tex is nowhere near that. No. And obviously Wayne Carey can see that. He'd, he'd look at what Tex does on the field and go, that's not what I did. That's yeah. not what... It's not even what, like, John O'Brien did, and he's only a two-time All-Australian. It's not what Nick Rewalt did as a many-time All-Australian. So, like, surely him of all, play, all people would be like, let's just... And he loves whacking blokes. He loves he loves yeah, Jenkins, Sam Mitchell. Jenkins. Yeah, Jenkins, yeah. and they're not good enough. Sam Mitchell wouldn't get a... He didn't spot, and he wasn't playing at Hawthorne, which is ridiculous. Yeah. So, well, yeah, what is it with that text? Like, what is it... I, I don't know, because to me, I just think he's a decent forward, but he's, like, he's nowhere near the top level forwards. He's probably not even near some of the second level. Like, he's... He hasn't done it in big games, and it continues to happen. And, like, yeah, he kicked four goals against Sydney on... Good on him, but until he does it in finals or when the team's under the pump and needs a lift. Like, he, again, like, he kicked... The goals he kicked weren't in... You know, he kicked too early, like I said, gimmies. And he kicked too late when the game was dead. Like, spare me. Yeah. If, if, probably, if, Buddy, I, if Buddy and Tex are going to a nightclub... Yeah. Buddy gets let in, no ID yeah. check, and then the bouncer goes, oh, sorry, Tex, who are you, mate? I'd probably give, actually, I'd give Tex one of his goals, the one from outside 50. Yeah. Pretty good, but the other three, like, yeah, no, I'd, I'd still, yeah, I wouldn't have him, put it this way, I wouldn't have him at Collingwood. Wow. So. That's that's very Wayne Carey of you. Yeah. That's very Wayne Carey of you, indeed. I'd have him at Richmond. No I won't be touching his game. Absolutely no worries. At, Gold Coast have been, were pretty good on uh, Saturday night, obviously, up in Brisbane. Uh, I think the line's a bit ridiculous. I think Gold Coast will show a bit more than that. Especially, they've still got a, a good spine. They've got some good up-and-coming mids. Adelaide, they were a bit flat against St Kilda and the game before that, obviously. Yeah. Uh, after their Richmond win, which they obviously pumped themselves up for. Interesting to see how they go after pumping themselves up for last week back at home and whether they... I would not be surprised if there's a repeat of the Collingwood intensity in this one that they drop off completely yeah because they just relax and go oh it's the Suns who cares yeah but I don't think they're going to relax so much that the Suns win this an average Saturday football there so maybe one to bank whatever you need to bank do an extra day work in lieu whatever you need to do because there's three average afternoon games there that you probably need to avoid it doesn't get any better Sunday oh uh, yeah it does absolutely it gets us uh, Essendon are playing Melbourne how does that get better? And Eddie had. Because who knows what's going to happen, Baz? These two teams have burnt us repeatedly. We have no idea who's going to show up. Essendon got thumped today. They well, got thumped. They were, they were putrid. Melbourne got thumped last night. But everyone still goes, oh, it's all right. Essendon and Melbourne are top eight teams. You aren't... I don't know what you are. You are front runners and soft APS schoolboy footy. Oh yeah, yeah, No, because that's what they do. That's who they recruit. They recruit all these like prissy, good-looking players. But when do they show up? When do they show up? They I, don't show up. I reckon Melbourne's rebuild stuffed. I um, Essendon's looking pretty poor as well. I think they're really don't they, they like a midfield. They like a bit of speed as well. So when Jaden Hunt was up and about last night, it was good, but then it dropped off. 
Salem's actually class. Salem was probably... Salem can hold his head high after last night and so can probably probably Jesse Hogan. Lever can't kick. He's forgotten how to kick. Yeah. Uh, they're getting beaten in one-on-ones down back. They're playing extras on the ball and still getting goals kicked too easily. For me, I just think that, yeah, they're... They can't defend. They can't score the last two weeks because they're getting Jesse Hogan so far up the ground. Uh, and they're letting teams set up so well behind the footy. Petraka hasn't really come along. So they're, they're, there's some worrying signs there. Their effort was really good for in a scrap. And they were able to lock it in for periods against Richmond last night. But they just weren't able to capitalise on it. And, and then when Richmond were able to transition the footy way too easily... And able to score way too easy, especially in that last quarter. Like the, the goals they kicked late were just absolutely terrible. And then you watch Essendon today, and they really struggled to get it past half forward. And Joey is having a stinker. Yeah. And Hooker couldn't get near it. Uh, I think they need to put Tipper back. I think they need Tipper back, and I think they should as a rebound runner. Yeah, or play him up the ground. I don't think he should be playing forward anymore. They need that pace and that excitement like Saad tried it a bit today but really he kept running with it and then get to a point where you know what to do with it and just give it to someone else and put them in the shit um, Stewart stood up a bit today Beltrame's wasn't too bad Heppel as all of a sudden can't kick the footy uh, and obviously they're having a bit of hoo-ha with Goddard and a few others which I find really annoying. Yes, Goddard. Goddard's always been a yelly bloke. Yeah. Like, you watch him at St. Kilda when St. Kilda going to. He's passionate, but he's also, he's very demanding, because obviously he sets his standards, and he's a great player. He'll go down as, you know, again, probably not so much at Essendon's time, but in St. Kilda's all-time teams, probably in that Hall of Fame or whatever, like, you know, a legend of the game, whatever they call it nowadays. But when, when a bloke like that yells at you, you don't just look up. You go, that's a... That's an absolute legend of the game who's done plenty of things in this game, achieved heaps. Maybe I should listen and, and, and respond and actually take it on board. Especially, not, not suck up and be like... Especially oh, the Danaher one, things. because the Danaher one was right, because we've seen all the damn grand vi- video, especially of previous weeks, when the ball gets turned over, the forwards just stand there and walk. They don't do anything. And Joey can't kick a footy at the moment. I don't, I, I, what has happened to him? What, what's going on with Joey Danaher? No idea that. Sorry. Like, he has gone from... They're, they're paying him... Mm. Big bucks. Big, big money. And Stringer again today was... He, he came came in and out of the game. Smith wasn't too bad. But yeah, they're, I think they're in dire straits. And, but you just can't trust either team. I ought to be touching it. Leave this game alone. Essendon, Melbourne. It's going to be a stinker. I'm probably going to tip Melbourne. you tip. I'm probably going to tip Melbourne. I'm going to tip Essendon. I was I was I was gonna bet on Essen to win this game, as as a bit of value because I think I think I would have I would have slid to two dollars. I was expecting Collingwood to beat them, but in kind of like a tussle, and watch their odds slide. Instead, they just got pumped, and now I'm like, well, I'm not touching the game at all. So don't even watch it. And actually, watch it. It'll be funny. Watch the first few quarters before the the Richmond Collingwood game comes on because it could be interesting watching. Could be, be could be turnover city. Yeah, I was gonna say it'd be turnover or just end to end. Yeah, just. Just 200 points for the yeah, whole game. Yeah. Anything anything could and probably will happen. Heading over to the G, second best game of the weekend. Collingwood, $2.78. 
Outsiders, after a barnstorming Anzac Day victory, they're at the MCG, the Coliseum of football, the home of footy, the home of the grand final, Richmond, $1.45 favourites. The line here is 15 and a half, and it ain't enough, Baz. 15 and a half, it's actually, enough. It's already come in. It's already come in. So Collingwood won today. Yeah. I've got the, got the screen up yep, here. Two do, Collingwood's $2.60, Richmond $1.50, and the <laughs> line is now 11 and a half. Oh, money for jam, boys and girls. I reckon, money for jam. Seriously, I reckon on, by Friday or Saturday even, you could almost probably get $1.60, $1.70. That's ridiculous. It is. It's I'm, ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Richmond are currently $6 favourites for the Premiership. Yep. Collingwood is in the eight for the first time in how many years? 58 games, so yeah. three years. Yeah. Let's all just calm down. And realise who the best team in the comp is. Look, who's the best team in the comp, Baz? Um, probably Richmond. Yeah, that's right, Richmond. Yeah. Richmond's the best team in the comp, and Baz himself has said it. He's there's a tear running down his left eye right now because he's sad to admit that, but he knows in his deep, deepest hearts that it's true. Richmond are basically on the way to back to back, but yeah, that's for another pod. Um, so, any play on this one, mate? Do we take the do we take the over at? Probably now, what, 13 and a half? No, 11 and a half. So I'd, t- I'd take Richmond at the line, 11 and a half. Two goals, ridiculous. Um, and I'd be looking, given the, the style that both teams play, because Collins playing a very similar uh, game style to, to Richmond with the pressure and the zoning off and going to the most dangerous, etc. I'd be looking at under 170. It's probably a good way to go because I don't think it'd be a very high-scoring game. Even though we did, like... So you obviously rank yourself higher than like the Melbournes and Essendon, or Essendon obviously based on today's performance. But like we did end up scoring a fair few points against Melbourne. Like we, I think our scoring power at Richmond has actually been underrated this year. Yeah, you scored. was still only one fifty-eight points. You scored. You scored hundred points against Melbourne. Yeah. But Melbourne only scored fifty-six. The week before was only one twenty-seven. Before that was one ninety-one against Hawthorne in a, in a bit of a shootout. Again, Adelaide, that was in Adelaide. And yeah, you see, two of your games are in a bit of a shootout, but your last few games, you've really locked it down and made it harder to score. And we're, we're very similar in that way. Like, we don't have blokes, and, and, you know, we're probably going to come in with four or five blokes who haven't played at all this year as well. So, yeah, for me, I just think that it's going to be a bit of a slug. It's going to be tight for probably a half, two and a half, two and a half quarters, and then Rich will probably get over the top at the end and cover the line. I think 170, if you can get 174, 175, I'd be looking at it. Because it's, you might score 90, we'll probably end up scoring 60, 70. So just stop it's mind right. about Richmond. Right. I've already admitted it. You can have it. You can gloat all you want. You can become a, you've won one flag. Don't become a Hawthorne supporter or a Geelong supporter and get all, you know, huffy, huffy and stick your chest out and start getting lippy. You've won one flag. You've done nothing for 30 years. Yeah, All of a sudden, you win one flag and you start becoming an arrogant cock. You know what the difference is, though? What's that? When we, get the, when we get the opportunity to win that one flag, yeah, we won. take it yeah, and we right. win it. That's right. Not like some teams that come in there and just like to lose the grannies. Well, we, mate, we've won two in the last 20, 30 years. We won 990 yeah. in 2010. Yeah. And we've also been successful in the last 20 years. We've made grand finals and, and been yeah. a good team. Just because you haven't been, you've been shit for so long, mate. I had this is my first grand final my team's ever been in, and we bloody well won it. And now we're the best team in the country. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna be just, excited, Baz. Yeah, it's fine, fine to be excited, but just you know, tone down the uh, lippiness and be a bit humble for a change. Oh, mate, you I, and your I, mate Sewell can just I be was, a bit more. I was being very humble the whole time, mate. I was humble all year round. I was even nervous coming into the grand final, mate. I'm just enjoying seeing the best team in the comp do what they do. 
And on to the last game of the round before Bez tries to throw a right hook at me. Fremantle and West Coast are playing off in a very contentious derby. They got rid of the medal. They got rid of the medal and everyone's upset. Everyone is very, very upset. They're playing at Optus Stadium, obviously. New stadium, no medal. I wanted to change up the tradition and not everyone's happy about it. Fremantle, $2.15 outsiders are playing West Coast. $1.71 favourites. The line here is 6.5 points. The over-under... 173.5. 173.5. I think you're predicting a dogfight, and I'm predicting the Eagles to win in a canter. Probably then tip West Coast. Yeah. I just... Freo have been playing good footy for either a half or, again, the last couple of weeks. Or when they're playing at home, they've been really, really good. Yeah. Different team almost. And West Coast will... They've been playing awesome footy. Uh, last week, they probably should have won by a lot more. Nick Nats will be the key. The runners of West Coast probably... The runners of West Coast and the forwards of West Coast should get the job done here. And I don't... Freo have been a lot more... You know, showing a lot more scoring power and they've been a lot more free-flowing in their game. But I don't think they've got it to go with West Coast. And unless some Ross Lyons sort of master stroke happens here, I see West Coast winning. The line six and a half is pretty generous... I've probably, I looked. At, I know it's, it's we talked pre pod yeah. about this, and I've been thinking about it more and more. And the more and more I think about, it, I'm probably going with you here on the the whole West Coast Freo sort of, and probably West Coast want to get one back now for what happened, what happened with the medal. So you know what? Let's 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 go all in on West Coast again. Yep. So West Coast to win or West Coast to cover the six and a half. Uh, I'll probably just play it safe and go West Coast to win. A dollar seventy is still pretty. Pretty decent. And the other one was, again, going through the history of the games, especially the last four or five games, they've been pretty low scoring. So the 173 or 174 total match points is probably another way to go as well. So that's that's it for me. Like, you know, for disposal, you know, they have more dispo- average disposals. Clearances and inside 50 is about the same. Contestants' possession is about the same. Tackles and all that's the same. I just... They're very, very similar teams, but West Coast probably have a bit more firepower, if you know what I mean. Oh, absolutely they do. Um, yeah, Frio, for all their improvements, they're still struggling to score. So they're, they're in that middle 8 to 12 bracket for efficiency inside forward and their attacking stats in general, whereas West Coast are in that top bracket. They're in that, they're in that 2 to 5 range. So... When it comes push comes to shove, I think the defence is equal. As you said, the defence is equal, the midfield is equal, but they'll just score when they get the ball forward, and I don't think Freeman will as much. Um, and I think they'll come out with a point to prove as well, just just on the on the malarkey of losing that tradition of the random the medal. And, yeah, those little extras that you can just... that a coach can use to get a 1% out of these teams. Yeah, and, look, Kennedy, Darling, and Lacroix has been just awesome considering... You know, like Menzel and probably like Ballantyne as well has been pretty good. You know, their their careers are nearly done mm. last year, so Fife is back in his you know, absolute career best, like just being enormous. Um, so is Neil Blakely. Walters has been awesome as well. And for West Coast, you obviously have Gaff and Hearn playing great footy, Elliot Yo, Chris Maston. You know, all these blokes are you know, standing up for West Coast. 
I still like every week from now on I'm just going to put because you keep getting six or seven bucks now Yo only got 27 I think it was on the weekend I was pretty pretty annoyed that there wasn't uh, he disappeared at three quarter time yeah he did I was getting annoyed but if they keep offering up six bucks to him especially over there in Perth I'd be having a look at that for an easter egg and probably you you could probably chuck that in for your little rough little rough rough there little rough rough little rough rough So that does bring us to the most important part of the podcast, our feature bets. As we said at the start of the podcast, we're up 18 and 13% on our best bets and our values and roughies. So what are we giving the people this week? My best bet, do you agree, Baz? Richmond to cover against Collingwood. Yeah. Look at, look at the sadness in that tone of voice there. Yep, I agree, Gordon. That is indeed the best bet. My value bet this week will be North Melbourne at $2.75 to defeat the slipping Port Adelaide under the dome at Etihad Stadium. And for rough, what have you got? I reckon over in Perth, yo, 30 touches, six bucks. Yep. It's pretty good rough, isn't it? It's very rough. That's very rough. That's, a very, that's yep. That's, a, that's an outsider. And so I'm going for this as my predicted multi if you want to plug it in. I've got Hawthorne to cover. 21 and a half. The Giants-Brisbane game to go over 158 yep. points. Yep. Richmond to win, to cover. Yep. And West Coast to win. Yep. Well, that that's, gives you 11.97. Beautiful. That's exactly what I just pumped in as I was going through thinking about walking out multi-beat. <laughs> I've clicked it in and then you've read it out to me and we're on the same page, which could be... Oh, it's a sign, It's a people. sign. The, it's a sign. The, oh, yeah, yeah. Good footy vibes. Yeah, yeah, we are doing that pose as well. Oh, absolutely good stuff. So to, round it, to really ram it home, the multi this week will be Hawthorne to cover the 21 and a half line over in Launceston against St Kilda. The game against the Giants and the Lions to go over at Spotless. That total is 158 and a half. Richmond to cover comfortably against the Collie Wobbles at the MCG on Sunday afternoon. 11 and a half points now, getting early. And West Coast to win the Derby in spiteful conditions with their medal taken away from them. That gives you 11.97. And they will be tasty, tasty, delicious odds. And we will be back in black next week if that one gets up alone. If, uh... If Essendon get done next week, are we going to talk Essendon? Yeah, let's break down Essendon if they get done. If they get done next week, I reckon we... We, we need to really pick it apart. Yeah. And vultures will be circling. And if if North do get up, we probably... Deserve a pump up. Deserve a little chat about them. A little chat as well. That'll be, that'll be our coach's corner next week. Good luck to old Brightonians. Apparently, they're absolutely smashing it this year so far. Yeah, three and zip and the seniors doing really, really well. Great game last week and the 19s this week have a bit of a tough game. Hopefully we get up and go three and one, and hopefully the boys beat Zavs and go four and zip. But it'd be a tough game after what's happened at, at down at Zavland this week. So yeah, a bit of bit of local controversy, which is always good for the footy fanatics and nuffies. Make sure, as we told you to start, take our best, take our roughy, take our multi, take our value, and the rest pick and choose. Gamble responsibly, and we'll see you next week, if not earlier, at the Yorkshire Hotel. Don't have a chance if you don't look-